You're listening to the Mosaic Podcast, brought to you by Jewish Federation of Palm Beach County. Each episode of this podcast will offer you excerpts from the Mosaic TV news magazine, which airs Sunday from January to April in the Palm Beaches. Mosaic explores the most pressing issues facing the Jewish community here at home and around the world. And now, here's your host, Susan Shulman Pertnoy. Welcome back to Mosaic. Today, I am so thrilled to welcome a dynamic leader, a social entrepreneur, the co-founder and CEO of One Table, Eliza Klein. Eliza, welcome to Mosaic. Thank you, Susan. It's so great to see you again and have you on the show. That's really an honor. I want to start with your background. How did your upbringing influence creating One Table? It's a great question, Susan. I, and I, um, I think it actually had a very profound impact. So I am the daughter of uh, an artist. My mom is a dancer, and my father is a rabbi and a Bible scholar, um, and I grew up in a small city in Colorado called Colorado Springs. Um, and we were, it was unusual to be Jewish in Colorado Springs. It was unusual to have a dancer as a mom and a rabbi as a dad. We were the only family with that set up. Um, and because of that, my home became very much a, um, a gathering place, um, certainly for the Jewish community, anybody coming into town who was also Jewish, um, and also dancers from all over the country. Um, and because of that, uh, we got very used to hospitality. It was very clear what my role as the middle daughter was in terms of setting up and welcoming people. Like we were just trained about hospitality early on. But on the Jewish side, my parents together really were into um, the idea of designing ritual. They took the, the base that they, that they knew, um, all of the laws around Kashrut and Shabbat, and then they really modified them um, to work for our family and to work for growing up in Colorado. Um, so that meant, um, you know, there were always fresh cut flowers and a beautiful set table because for my mother, the aesthetic was incredibly important. But it also meant we needed to sing certain blessings um, and share the tunes that my father had grown up with. So it was really this kind of combination of all of those. And I just grew up thinking that that was quite normal. <laughs> normal to just um, take, the, uh, take what's deep in our heritage, combine it with uh, creative art expression and design, and then share that with others. That was just normative for me. It wasn't really until I grew up a little bit older and I learned that so many people had much more um, uh, conventional Jewish backgrounds. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just mean that people had uh, inherited traditions and that's how they lived their Jewish life. And my inherited tradition was creative design. Well, that's, that's actually really fascinating. So how does one table connect our younger generations to community and to each other? Sure. So I'll just back up for one minute and explain what one table is. Um, it's, it works sort of like Airbnb for Shabbat dinner. That's the most basic way I would explain that. And what that means is there's a technology platform. You go to onetable.org and there are hosts and there are guests and the hosts have profiles and they can open up and share their dinner and then there are guests who come to find the dinners to attend. Um, that's the basic uh, feel of it. We are in, um, in 18 cities, we have a staff person like we do here in Palm Beach. Um, and because it's a web-based platform, uh, one table dinners have happened in about 600 cities across the country. So that's just a sense of, of kind of what it is. Um, and the whole idea is that on a weekly, every week there could be literally hundreds of Shabbat dinners and no two should look or feel the same. They all reflect 
the individual host. And our individual hosts, as I mentioned, are in their 20s or 30s. So for many of them, this is the first time they're hosting a dinner, let alone a Shabbat dinner, let alone a Jewish event in their home, for their peers, for their friends, or for people they don't even know yet. Um, so everything that we do, from our staff perspective, from our technology perspective, from our Jewish learning perspective, is to help those hosts feel confident and competent and ready to be warm and welcoming because they are now becoming really um, hosts for the broader Jewish community. Why is it so important for that con connectivity? What, what, what's, why did you feel that need? Yeah, so One Table was founded because of um, two really alarming uh, trends that were disproportionately affecting young adults. At the time, it was all millennials, which are the kids born 1981 to about 1996. And now there's also Generation Z, so mid-90s um, through already the mid um, tens about. So our youngest participants are in their early 20s, right after graduating from college, and our oldest might be all the way up to their late 30s or early 40s. So it's now actually two different generations. And one is unfortunately just worse than the next in terms of these uh, trends. The first is a rising disassociation from Jewish life, traditions, uh, religion, and certainly institutions. That comes from the Pew study, right? One in two, 50% of Jewish adults under 30 identify as Jews of no religion. What, what does that so mean? Sad. It doesn't mean that they don't have pride or desire or connection, but it means they don't identify the same way their parents and grandparents did. And the second is an epidemic of loneliness social isolation, addiction to technology. These were part of what it meant to grow up as a millennial and certainly for the next generation even more so. Um, these are, um, meaning that, that young adults might experience the same levels of loneliness as an isolated senior. It's alarming and that of course leads to anxiety, depression, all kind of health, the, the health issues that we are so familiar with. Of course, this has been exacerbated by the pandemic, both of these. So now the question comes, um, how do we make sure that we are not just helping people connect to Jewish tradition, but to each other? Uh, that's why hospitality is one of our core values. I want you to know how to welcome people warmly, begin a conversation, uh, invite people into your actual home around your table, and form those strong ties. We just did a study of about 3,000 young adults. 2,000 of them are one-table participants, current, active, former, and the other almost thousand are people who are not using one table yet. So we could compare the, the understanding of what does it mean to participate in one versus the other. So the good news is 75% are doing Shabbat who wouldn't otherwise. So check. That's like, amazing. We want to make yeah. sure that this is the, it's actually working. They're also um, through one table, um, through Shabbat actually being introduced to other Jewish expressions. So it's not limited to Shabbat. 45% of our hosts are now experimenting with other Jewish practices, whether it's Sukkot or Purim or um, Hanukkah or Passover, um, or even um, thinking about how their own life cycle experiences like weddings or baby namings can be infused with Jewish wisdom. Um, and then the third really important data point is about social and emotional connection. We used a what's called a validated measure. Um, so other researchers from UCLA had determined if you ask these seven questions, you can find out how emotionally and socially lonely somebody is. They're not fun questions to answer. Their questions are like, I feel empty or rejected some of the time, most of the time. But these are questions that the young adults are not afraid to answer. They're really important to ask. Just asking them says, we care about you. Are right. you doing okay? 
And what we found is that the one table participants were three times less likely to report those levels of social and emotional loneliness. So that connection is so critical. It's so critical. And it's through food, so <laughs> no judgment. Just, right. it's, it sounds, right. it's just wonderful. That's a great way to take a break. We'll be right back after this brief message. Mosaic is brought to you through the dedication of generous corporate sponsors who fuel the work of Jewish Federation of Palm Beach County. We thank American Commercial Realty, Appleby Utifriend Wealth Management, Raymond Motorcars, Bruce Gendelman Insurance Services, Commodore, Singer, Baseman, and Braun Attorneys, First Republic Bank, Rogers Design Group, and Shapiro Pertnoy Companies. We're back talking with Eliza Klein, the co-founder of One Table. Eliza, it started in 2014, and you've been in major cities, I think from Los Angeles to New York and even in Miami. Our federation is now supporting you here in Palm Beaches. What what role are you taking here? Sure, we are delighted, actually. And I, I, I has to be said that the, the way in which we have been welcomed in um, by your federation has been extraordinary. And I hopefully, I, I hope that it actually will um, elevate the way we work with federations all over the country. No one has matched this level of hospitality. I am not exaggerating. I should not get in trouble by whoever might be watching this, but it's, I'm gonna we back love this. this. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> all right. Um, but I, well, here's what I mean. Um, we have a, um, a funding partner actually based in Detroit, Michigan, the Fisher Foundation. Um, they love the work that we were doing there. Many of their family members are moving here. Um, and the question was, well, what would it look like for One Table to actually help all these young people who are moving to this community, but to do it in a way that is integrated and really in partnership with the Jewish Federation? So that led to several conversations, um, joint conversations with um, Federation um, talented staff and fundraisers going with me to meetings with your community leaders and inviting them to help bring this here. That's an extraordinary type of collaboration and investment. Um, and the Fisher Family Foundation is actually matching that. Yes. So it's helping us really um, grow our impact. We look at the changing map, 25% of young adults moved during the pandemic. That's an enormous number of people. In the Jewish community alone, that must mean that's at least uh, three to 400,000 young adults. Uh, and we know from demographic trends that people are coming down here in very large numbers. So while we set up one table to go to 12 cities based on the cities that had at least 20,000 Jewish young adults, and that was how we grew, that's how we grew, since the pandemic, we need to change that strategy um, to be much more nimble. So we are, um, we're here, we will also have a presence in Boca for the first time. Uh, we have a young field manager named Nadav Davidson, who is terrific, and he will be um, really serving the community here as well as Boca, and he will just shuttle between the two um, because we know for young adults, in some cases, um, they're gonna stay very local to where they are on a Friday night. Yes. And in some cases, they're excited to travel a little bit if it's something where, it's, where they're going to meet other people who are like-minded. I'll tell you something funny. Um, that I learned when One Table started, which was 22 to 
26-year-olds um, really need to meet new people on a Friday night. It's extremely valuable real estate in their social calendar. It's an extension of college. Um, so they might have a dinner with a few people, but then they'll go out afterward or they'll have more people kind of crammed into a home for, for dinner. As they get to 27 to their early 30s, um, the dinner itself might become the whole evening. As they get above that 30 number, um, they don't really wanna travel anywhere. They're exhausted on a Friday night and they will stay as local as possible. Um, people buy a table around 28. Like there's just fascinating so knowledge that you learn when, you know, we've done about 87,000 Shabbat dinners so far. So. I've learned a lot about what makes yes, a good dinner party. You, yeah. you have. So walk me through this. Sure. Assume I want to I wanna host a Shabbat. What do I do? Great. So most likely you have been a guest first. The vast majority of our hosts have attended one, two, maybe even five dinners. Um, then they'll get a call from Nadab, for example, who will say, hey, Susan, I noticed you've been to a few dinners. Are you ready to try hosting yourself? You may be one of these exceptional people, which sounds like you, Susan, who says, hey, I would love to do this. I know how to do this. Sign me up. Um, either way, there's a whole intake process um, because we really want to vet you and make sure that you are ready to be warm and welcoming on behalf of one table, on behalf of the Federation, on behalf of the community. Um, it doesn't mean that you need to have a high level of um, Jewish history and knowledge, we can really teach quite a bit. That's we, a very part, uh, important yeah. component. Yeah, we are much more interested in you being warm and kind and welcoming um, because you can also engage your friends as guests who may feel ready to lead the Kiddush, the blessing over the wine, for example. Um, and you might do it in English the first few times and you might try different ways of welcoming Shabbat in a way that feels authentic to you. What's most important um, is the warmth, is the welcoming, is the invitation that we can help you make. So. You may have a conversation with one of our staff, like Nadav. There's an online application where you answer a few questions about your own background, share with us a little bit about your hopes and dreams for hosting. Um, we have a welcome call so you can meet other potential hosts and see, oh, and kind of, oh, look at you, like how we're sharing this experience and feel like you're just not alone. I can't um, emphasize the fact enough that confidence around hosting is not normative here in America. Right. <laughs> So what we are doing is countercultural. So we really do a lot to help you. Once you are approved as a host, you can then post your first dinner. So you go back to the onetable.org site, um, you add in your dinner description, you let us know what kind of food you're gonna serve, are you doing this as a potluck? Um, do you need people to contribute money to help offset? Well, that's interesting. Right. So because not everybody can afford to do correct, this. Correct. So one of the first things that OneTable learned is that confidence was the first barrier. Then there were um, tactical barriers like how do I get the chicken out of the oven on time to have a hot dinner? Like really fundamental hospitality issues that some of us can't remember when we learned, uh, but they needed that help. Um, and some of it is actual, um, at the financial resources. So it's a week's worth of groceries to host 10 people for dinner. Not everybody can afford that. So we created nourishment credit. So a host can opt in to getting $10 per guest to offset that cost. Um, we really wanna do everything we can to just lower the barrier and help you make it a little bit more special than you would on a weeknight. We know people need Jewish learning resources. So we have audio recordings of blessings, countless videos, online resources, and Nadav and his colleagues are also there as teachers themselves. The majority of the young Jewish families here, or and Jewish couples, sure. uh, 
are of interfaith marriage. Right. How do you deal with that with, with your one table? I mean, 71% of couples outside of the Orthodox community across the country are, are interfaith. Um, so it's not surprising that that would be the case here as well. I think Shabbat dinner is an ideal, ideal opportunity to showcase the best that Judaism has to offer. It's home-based, it's warm, it's welcoming. Um, as I mentioned before, there's no prior knowledge needed. You do not need to take a class before you celebrate Shabbat. We really don't want you to wait. We want you to do it this coming Friday. If you miss this Friday, you try another Friday. So we are actually, um, sometimes it's not good enough to just say we're open to everyone. You need to actually be specific in your uh, engagement and outreach. So we may have partnerships specifically with um, organizations that are designed to be welcoming to interfaith families like 18 Doors um, or different congregations or communities. But in many cases, it's really just going to the individual host um, and making sure that the host has, again, their needs. They may be um, co-hosting with their partner who's not Jewish. Sometimes it's the non-Jewish partner who's the primary host and they bring their guest in. We have heard time and time again from the friends and the partners who are not Jewish that they have felt so welcomed at Shabbat dinner. That's so important. What could be more important? So then the same thing needs to go to making sure that we are um, explicitly and overtly inclusive of LGBTQ young adults, people of color, people from different backgrounds. It was just Mizrahi Heritage Month and we did a very large uh, uh, intensive campaign because we wanna make sure that the full diversity of the Jewish community feels like One Table was designed just for them. That's my favorite, when someone says, oh, I thought this was designed for interfaith families, or I thought this was designed for LGBTQ adults, or fill in the blank. Um, that means that other people can see themselves in our branding, in our images, and that they feel empowered to create the community that works for them on equal footing with everybody else. That's absolutely fantastic. Joining us now is Ariel Ladner, who's attended and hosted a one table dinner. Ariel, welcome to Mosaic. Thank you, Susan. I'm so curious. How did you find One Table? As Aliza said, it, I was an attendee of somebody else's One Table dinner first. And I said, well, I can do this. I'm social. I'm a good host. And then I started doing my own. How many have you done? I'm embarrassed to say not as many as I would have liked, but I've done maybe five now at this point. Um, and I try to do them all themed around different holidays or secular events even going on. How does one table enrich your Jewish identity? Well, you know, just by being around other Jewish people, I feel is you naturally become more Jewish because you just naturally play Jewish geography or where you went to summer camp or you talk about um, your cultural upbringing and just being around other peers that have shared life experiences enriches your own experience you say well yeah i know that song or i know that person or i went to that camp too and that kind of just creates a natural shared jewish experience and so how much <laughs> give and take do you have with the one table professional team you know i kind of just get the approval email after i put in my um the application to host that week i don't know if that's the word but the to fill out the paperwork and then the field managers reach out and they're, you know, the first couple times I thought, oh, these are form emails. And then I read them a little more and I was like, no, they're actually like sending a personalized email to me. And that was like, oh, this is actually an organization that's close to people's hearts and not just like 
form emails and it, it felt more natural that way too when I was reached out directly. And what about the connectivity that you find or with, with the Shabbat dinners that you're hosting? Is this your, your place where you're getting most of your spirituality? Or well, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the generational things you were discussing in the um, earlier that a lot of young people and I'm I'm that gen I'm a millennial um, and a lot of us have moved away from organized religion and going to synagogue events. And so we see our spirituality and our religion. And now this is me speaking for an entire generation. So if anyone's listening and doesn't, I, I should speak for myself. But what I see is us creating our spiritual paths with each other. And again, following that kind of camp model and inclusivity in our, our college experience, if we were in Jewish sororities or Jewish fraternities, as you said, the younger segment coming right out of college and finding, uh, I don't have a table, but I guess I'll host Shabbat on my fold out table, you know, and then growing into your thirties and saying, Hey, these are friends that have actually come every week. And that's, and that feels good. It just, it feels good. And it feels like I don't need to go to synagogue to be religious or spiritual. And I still get to be with people, people that warm my heart and give me happy experiences. And I'm sure you're getting that same feedback from most of your friends. I think so. They like to say that I'm a good organizer, a good host. And I try really hard to, whether it's a Shabbat dinner I'm hosting or I'm at one of my friends and I see somebody that I know is new to the community and I never want somebody to feel that they see I make myself cry because bullying and feeling not a part it's of a something is, is a terrible feeling it is and so I walk up and you know sometimes I I, I try to make them feel and in a natural way of course you don't want to call that person <laughs> out for right. but I want to make them feel you belong here you're comfortable let me introduce you to another person and as oh, the night goes on. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love so it. Nice. <laughs> what is next for One Table? Thank you for asking. We just approved a strategic plan uh, to take us through 2025. And based on what you've seen and heard about our success and growth so far, um, we have a long way to go. There are about 1.4 million Jewish young adults in the U.S. right now. Um, we've re reached about 190,000 of them, but we'd love to be able to do that on an annual basis, right? So in this year, we're probably about 45,000 people participating in one table. Could we get to 100,000 annually? Could we do more than that? So that's one goal. That's a really, uh, it's called building a movement around Shabbat um, so that Shabbat and one table become ubiquitous. People just know, oh, there's a place I can go on this Friday. I can find the connection I need. The second is enriching the experience. Um, so that means finding um, greater opportunities to deepen their Jewish connection with others, with their tradition, um, with a larger community. Uh, you know, with rising anti-Semitism, we want to make sure that people have a welcoming and safe place to go, where they can also continue to learn and feel confident about what Judaism does offer, not just the negatives and the defensive posture. And the third is we want to build our own internal capacity as we grow. But connected to those first two are these three offerings for one table the core, which is our challah and butter, uh, which is what Ariel participates in and those 190,000 people so far. Then there is thinking about uh, Powered by One Table, where we take our technology, our peer engagement methodology, and we start to um, offer it and even license it to other organizations. We work with Hillel's 
all over the country, 40 different campuses so far, different synagogues you mentioned, and other organizations helping them adopt the same technology, adopt the same approach, um, so that they can reach way more people themselves. And the third, based on your last question, is called Together at One Table, which is something we want to test to offer One Table to um, adults without children living at home, potentially empty nesters, for example. Um, probably means mostly people in their 50s and 60s. We want to sort of test it out. Maybe Palm Beach is where we're going to enjoy it. I have, you can use music in <laughs> I would love to host one. Thank you so much for what you do. And Ariel, I appreciate you coming on air to explain what you're doing because you're doing something very, very important as Thank well you. for the community. My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mosaic Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to Mosaic on your favorite streaming platform and to leave us a review. Want more? Visit jewishpb.org mosaic where you can access full episodes of the show. To stay connected with the Jewish community of the Palm Beaches, visit jewishpb.org or follow Jewish Federation at facebook.com slash jewishpalmbeach.